Hello and welcome to the Tea and Toast podcast, the bi-weekly podcast which focuses on mental health and wellness. So today is slightly different to our usual format on Tea and Toast. I wanted to focus on Valentine's Day and with that, relationships with ourselves, other people and of course some fun tips for Valentine's Day, especially during lockdown. Joining me today to talk through all of this is the lovely Pippa, founder of May Coaching, who you may have heard from series one. And for context, Pippa is a transformational life coach who specifically focuses on self-worth and relationships and in her own words, the foundation, starting with ourselves. So of course, I knew with the ethos of self-love, building healthy relationships and the holiday of love, who better to have on the show? Pippa and welcome to the Valentine's special of Tea and Toast. Hello Kirsty, woo I can't wait. (laughs) So thank you so much for joining us today. Today's format is going to be slightly different to our usual format with Tea and Toast. If you just give us an introduction of yourself for the lovely listeners that um, yeah are meeting you for the first time. Yes. Oh, so hi, I am Pippa. I am the founder of May Coaching, which is a life coaching. I coach women to own their worth and have meaningful relationships starting with themselves. So relationships are the core crux of like why women come to me, whether they're looking for love or they're repeating like negative toxic patterns. And I really help them to develop like a sense of self, sense of self-worth so that they can go out and have amazing relationships. Like I was listening to a clip of the other podcast earlier thought oh god like there was a time where I was doing anything other than relationships because it's just so important to me now well they're the foundation of life so yes I help women have amazing relationships I think that's so important and it's something that we often neglect that we think when it comes to relationships that person does fulfill us or is what we need in order to be a full person and I'd love to dig a bit deeper into that so I know often your foundation of your work is surrounding self-love and starting with ourselves as you mentioned how would you explain what that foundation is when it comes to starting with ourselves and what are some of the things um, to consider when thinking about that and beginning that relationship with ourselves yeah the relationship I think this is actually a quote I'm going to quote it (laughs) but the relationship you have with yourself is the most important relationship and so often I think that people look externally to another person to help them with their relationship with themselves or to make them happy or to make them feel good about themselves or you know it doesn't even necessarily always have to be a person it could be be money it could be your job it could be status all these things we look externally to give us some satisfaction but ultimately your happiness and your contentness comes from within entirely so it comes from your relationship with yourself and when you take that responsibility you will notice how it will just trickle out into all of your relationships that you have like if you are someone who loves themselves I'll go into this maybe at some point a little bit later when we speak more specifically about like romantic relationships but you can't have a really good positive relationship if you are constantly negative to yourself because the energy that you're in and also I I think it's really important to add that the only guarantee of who's going to be there for the rest of your life in every single moment is yourself so you're with yourself 24 7 
for the rest of your life, it's so important that you speak to yourself well. It's so important that you build up your worth and you're essentially like your own best friend. I think self-compassion is a massive part of it as well. It's treating yourself the way that you would treat someone you really love, which so often we don't do. So often we can do it for our friends and our family, but we don't do it for ourselves. So that is, I guess, that self-love in a nutshell. And it's so true what you mentioned is that often there's a number of external factors. It's not just a relationship. It could be other parts and internalizing that can also help with those elements too. I love focusing on self-love. I think it's really important. It's something that I sort of struggled with quite badly. So it's really nice to talk through this. And I think a lot of people will benefit from that. And I think when it comes to the importance of self-love, like you mentioned, what are some ways that people can help begin that so um, how can they help improve it for their relationship with themselves and before seeking love elsewhere yeah absolutely and I also want to say like the reason why I care so much about this is because I know what it's like to hate yourself and to have a really poor relationship with yourself so I feel like it was such a long journey for me personally to get to the point where you know I was actually kind to myself that's why I want every woman to realize how nice it feels to have that for yourself but um I think the big the big focus is most people there are actually a small percentage of people who don't kind of describe having a voice in their head but often we say like an inner critic or it's just your thoughts that pass through so it's your thoughts and your beliefs if those thoughts and beliefs that are coming through your mind are negative, if they're telling you you're not enough, if they're telling you, uh, you know, you're never going to find someone to love, no one will ever love you, or every, like, all the good things happen to other people, it doesn't happen to me, that right there, that voice is who you need to work on your relationship with first. Such an important thing to remember is what you think creates your realities uh, I think one of the biggest things my clients say is like, oh I'm never going to meet anyone if you're thinking that and you're telling yourself that that is what will happen you won't be open to the opportunities to meet someone and creating that relationship with yourself that's just one example of like a belief causing your reality but also just in how you feel if you constantly have thoughts going on like I'm not good enough oh I look ugly oh like oh I feel a bit fat I shouldn't have ate that if you constantly have thoughts like that going on in your head how do you ever expect to be happy it's not possible that's really the foundation is really becoming friends almost with that voice in your head that inner critic that sometimes if you think and believe that you show that without realizing I think there's such a big difference when you see somebody come through the room who's so confident and it just is that amazing like aura about them and I know you mentioned that going from not feeling um that self-love to feeling that I think that would be also quite nice to understand because I think sometimes we don't realize actually that we are neglecting ourselves so what does it feel like for you to to have that self-love yeah so the way I describe it and this is self Uh, love this is how I kind of describe self-worth too is almost like having an internal home inside yourself I'll give you an example from my past so I used to have kind of poor relationship with food I would then like either binge or restrict myself I feel bad about myself and I would then also on top of all of that be telling myself I'm stupid I shouldn't be at that I shouldn't have done that that the way I was treating myself then was so was so toxic, it's so horrible. But the way I describe it now is that if I say, 
same thing happens. And I'm not going to say you're always going to have perfect thoughts always about yourself. It's very easy to pick on yourself. It's just how we're raised. Modesty is such a great trait is how we're raised where it's so we're raised kind of to put ourselves down a little bit but when I talk about the internal home it's that if a whole world is going shit and you know you've done something wrong and you've the whole external world is going down you at least have somewhere inside you where it's like you're okay you're accepted you're safe you're secure it's that voice being like it's going to work out even if you make a mistake that is like the internal home for me it's that reassuring like safety the way like a home like what a home would give you when you think about home is safety it's security and it doesn't mean thinking I'm the best person like all the time although it's great to think feel like that as well yeah it's that compassion element I think is so massive it's uh it's okay I I've got your back I'm not going anywhere you're going to be safe like and creating that within yourself I think when it can get really hard the relationship with yourself is when you don't feel safe like with your thoughts you don't feel safe with your mind and I think that's where it can be really really difficult it's very true what you mentioned in terms of the toxic feeling versus that comfort of home and that safety and security and I think Mm. once you find and establish that it is amazing and it's so true as well what you mentioned about modesty we are totally raised to just be like oh thank you but not much praise around that we'll move on to the next thing when we're complimented sometimes it is the most you don't know how to react to it you almost want to say oh no 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 like I don't think that about myself it's such a weird thing isn't it if someone compliments you like oh no (laughs) oh my goodness it's it's so it's it's so hard to take but then if someone says something slightly critical of you oh my goodness how easy is it to think about that for ages and ages and be like oh god like I shouldn't have thought that I shouldn't have said that and to judge yourself like that is I think it is the way we're raised like we're not raised to reject criticism the same way we're raised to like reject praise like it's it's always like that sort of I don't know if it's like from kind of like the olden times but like God will curse you if you're too like happy about things and I feel that's really ingrained into our society so we just take on criticism a lot easier than I think we take on compliments that's the same way when we we look at ourselves I think, I mean, obviously we have naturally in our mind negativity bias. So on the whole, we do find it easier to pick out negatives and positives. But I think when we look at ourselves, it's again, it's just that so much easier. Whereas you don't do it with your friend. Like mm-hmm. you wouldn't do it with someone you love. You wouldn't be like, you're just being a bit too like confident and actually maybe you shouldn't have worn a dress like that today because um, actually maybe you should wear it a little bit longer like, or you can see that tiny fat roll. You would never say that to a friend because you wouldn't <laughs> care. You love them and it, mm-hmm. they look great. Like you would be like, you look great. Like love the confidence. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's just so important to work on that voice. Really interesting as well that you mentioned about being too happy or being like, it was seen as like a negative and it's it's something actually that I've had in my life that people have been like oh she's too happy like it's such a negative and <laughs> at school I remember this I person know. tried to throw a, a blooming sundial at me because she was like oh she's just too happy and I was like it's not oh a negative <laughs> that to me is a positive and it's been used as a negative which is a whole issue in itself <laughs> it's just so ridiculous and I think yeah internalizing that is so important and realizing your values about yourself and 
I just, yeah, self-love is so important. And hopefully that this is something that people can work on, especially during the month of love, that exactly. it doesn't need to be that love for other people. It can start with ourselves too. So, and it should start with ourselves. I, I really think like it, sh- it should start with ourselves. And Valentine's Day is like amazing. It's, uh, love is amazing. Relationships are amazing. I, I will not ever say otherwise. However your love for yourself is also amazing it should also be celebrated you should also be celebrated regardless of your relationship status anyway I've digressed but I just feel very passionate about this (laughs) Valentine's Day is something that is very much when when you're single or you're looking for that partner or even if you're in that relationship and it's just not something that you like to like celebrate like Valentine's Day is something that just automatically puts a pressure on society I think in order to be really loved up and celebrate love and so what are your thoughts around Valentine's Day? That's true I think with all these things it's our choice how we perceive them so you don't have to be interested in Valentine's Day you you can think it's silly you can think it's stupid you can whatever you want or you can have the choice to make it a positive thing and you can say oh like you know it it doesn't mean you have to go crazy of like oh buy all these extravagant gifts for the person you love or for yourself but you could be like all right I'm gonna if you are in a relationship you can be like okay it's a day to do something a little bit special for the person you you love if you are single okay it's an and and you've got like a good group of friends and you can be like oh maybe it's a nice day to like go out of your way for one of your friends or if you're literally by yourself and not down okay well what can I do for myself today to like make myself feel a little bit more loved and and one of the things I I suggest with my clients is to have date nights for themselves if they're single and like plan something where you're not looking at your phone you're not looking at Instagram you're not comparing yourself you're not worrying about what other couples are doing you take some time to do something you really love so it could be baking it could be I don't know watching a movie it could be like journaling but it could be having a bath it could be all these like sorts of things or it could just be phoning your friends whatever it is but like plan a like a date night for yourself so I think when it comes to Valentine's Day you can choose whether you let it be something that makes you feel bad or makes you feel like you're not doing enough or you can be like okay this is a nice day to go a little bit extra for myself or a little bit extra for the person I'm with um so I really think it could be just be easy to just like slam it down as a stupid commercial holiday and like a way of business is making money why do that when it could just be a day that you are extra loving to the person you're with or extra loving to yourself extra loving to your friends actually if you make it a positive you can have a really nice time and I've had I had like Valentine's Day which I loved to pieces got a takeaway had some wine and was like this is the best thing ever and I've had it where I've been in a relationship where the person's absolutely hated Valentine's Day and now I'm in a relationship where he loves it and I think that it's so true you have to make it your own and having that pressure to not like it you just automatically won't so try and see what it's like if you do something different and yeah do something for yourself I think sometimes people think the relationship needs to be a partner do something with your mum or your sibling or your dad and and your friends like it's just so important and I, I totally agree with you I think on that I'd love to ask you so I know that at the moment you're doing a series of lockdown love stories and I love it so much and it's so (laughs) interesting as well because 
there has been such a difference in terms of how people are meeting in lockdown and how people are living with partners that they probably it's a bit sooner than they expected but it's worked out really well and there's also that notion of is the grass like greener on the other side it has been a challenging time it's definitely been a different time but I think especially I I think that whole narrative around oh I'm never going to meet someone or you know my love life's dead that's become really big especially during lockdown and I have seen it with my clients before and I've I've had to like challenge that belief let's just say quite quite heavily by literally showing them evidence of essentially when they have obviously dating is different and I obviously don't think anyone should be breaking the rules and and obviously it's a, a lonelier time because people are having less social interaction. But I know people who have formed relationships during this time. I know couples who have also disintegrated during this time as well. So it is that the grass isn't green. And I think it's been hard for both single people and those in relationships. I moved in with my boyfriend and obviously that comes with its ups and downs because you're spending 24 7 with someone and it's worked out well but it's not been without challenges and I think the easy thing is to just assume that because someone's in a relationship therefore they are happy all of the time or they have it all figured out and I don't think that's the case the same way I the last person I had on my lockdown love story she went through a breakup in March last year so she was doing that whole grieving process by herself couldn't see her family and friends and has come out the end of it like with the most phenomenal relationship with herself like she decided to dedicate the time to focusing on herself and and self-love and and she's really come out the end of it so I really think it is what you make of it I think yes it's undeniable that some of the organic ways you're meeting people might have gone down the easiness to actually meet people in person has definitely gone down obviously last summer there was some easing of the restrictions so there were some opportunities there but I know people who have started with like video call dates for weeks and then when they could they met up and like then got together so I really think kind of nailed it with the grass and always greener I think don't assume that one is easier than the other being in a relationship or not regardless of whether you're in a relationship or you're single at this time it's such a great opportunity to be focusing on yourself if you're not focusing on yourself whether when you're in a relationship that will that will trickle out into the relationship you're having anyway so either side it has been challenging of course it's been different however be careful of how much you limit yourself because of it be careful how much you say it's impossible to meet someone all, all of these things where if I if I sat down with you and we went through it I could probably help you create your own argument of why it is actually possible it's so true what you mentioned about challenging those beliefs and actually sitting with that and and thinking because sometimes it's so easy to be like oh I can't do this this is impossible and then it does become possible because you're thinking that and feeling that so you automatically your body reacts to that and it's so true about relationships as well I think that there's always if you're in a relationship there's some people that think it's better to be single and if you're single so there's always that constant sort of battle of what what people but it's so specific to the person I've had people that are single that oh it's so empowering for them and they they love that and they love that freedom and then people in relationships that are the same I think that it is so specific to the person and 
it's so true what you mentioned about relationships during lockdown there's a lot of stress that comes with that and you can feel lonely in a relationship it's so important either way to work on yourself because it does trickle out into your relationships whether it's a romantic relationship or anybody that you live with or you surround yourself with just on that as well like when you're saying it regardless of whether you're single or in a relationship it doesn't change whose responsibility your happiness is so if you're in Mm -hmm. a relationship your happiness is still your responsibility if you're single your happiness is still your responsibility those are actually very similar things and I actually think like this Valentine's Day as well just to bring it back to Valentine's Day the, the best relationships are when you show up as a whole happy complete person and you bring your best and your and your partner does obviously within reason you can't be you're going to have your downs and you're going to have your low moments that's life we're human I think the same goes for Valentine's Day so if you are single again it's like oh I can either show up and be upset or or feel pessimistic or I can do I I can read this book that's empowering or I can listen to this song that I love or I can do a workshop I can you know I can just like paint my nails like whatever it is like you can choose whether to how you take responsibility for your happiness it also brings back to your foundation Pippa that is so important that you said that your happiness and everything starts with yourself so regardless with what your relationship status is making that time especially this valentine's day do something for yourself regardless of what that that relationship is like and what status you're in like you said paint your nails have a really lovely (laughs) bubble bath like just go out and do something for yourself and use that day that whether you like it or not just focus on yourself because it's so important and it's so true and I'd like to now get into sort of the the nitty-gritty because this is what I love the most I know you mentioned at the moment attachment styles and I find that so interesting because I know you mentioned about anxious avoidant and a secure attachment style Can you talk through a little bit around that and what you mean by attachment styles and maybe a little bit about those three that you're currently focusing on at the moment? We are getting into the nitty gritty now, Kirsty. (laughs) Um, So attachment theory has been around for, I think, since like the 60s or 70s. And it started off kind of a developmental psychology. So they looked at toddlers and how they responded to the primary caregivers and the majority of the population are securely attached as it's gone on as I talk about it now I talk more about adult attachment theory so whilst your childhood will have a massive impact on your attachment style you will also have had impacts from your relationships your adult relationships so whilst I think if I was a toddler I was quite securely attached to my parents and if I think if they did the the experiment they did on me then to test it which is called this the strange situation by Mary Ainsworth if anyone's interested I think if they did it then they'd be like securely attached she's fine but because I had gone in so many toxic relationship patterns of being with people who were kind of emotionally unavailable because I was so insecure and you know I think now I'm at the point where I'm securely attached because of the person I'm with but I do have anxious tendencies because after all my adult relationships I felt rejection I felt oh those horrible feelings of like ghosting of being stood up of the ebbs and flows one minute they're into the one minute they're not and that really brought out like an anxious side to me in relationships so 
anxious attachment style is kind of what it says on the tin I'll go into that one first it's someone who thinks a lot about their relationship worries a lot about their relationship worries about whether their partner loves them quite often okay one they need a lot of closeness they need a lot of reassurance often as well they in the dating world they'll they'll think quite negatively um, about their future of relationships so they might feel like they're never going to meet someone and they just put a lot of like pressure on it they're not they're often quite scared to be honest and open about their feelings because they're so scared of rejection and being hurt so what's quite unique about anxious attachment styles is they engage in what they call protest behavior so they will try to make people jealous they will try to uh, like one up people if they're dating them or if they don't hear from someone for a couple of hours they'll want to do the same thing in return they'll want to like not reply for ages so that's what they call protest behavior and it all comes down from like an insecurity and and a want and need of being loved and I think because I'm a little bit on the anxious spectrum I I resonate a lot with that and I I think there's some beautiful qualities like all things you know they're very loving and they need a lot of that closeness and intimacy but they are I guess you just need a lot of reassurance. It's just insecurity, essentially. And I'm going to talk a little bit now about the avoidant one. And so avoidant is those who, back in the strange situation experiment, they weren't very interested in whether their caregiver left the room or was there. They didn't really mind. They didn't have that strong attachment to their caregiver, which securely attached and anxiously attached to. They were just kind of indifferent. How that shows up now in adult relationship is people who find it hard to have open communication they require a lot of independence but to a point where it is almost detrimental because all relationships require some level of dependency that's healthy that's how we evolved but they if they feel they're getting too close they need to pull away they need to pull back they need to really feel independent often people think that the avoidant attachment style are sort of winning in terms of that they don't care and and whereas like an anxious might feel really stressed and nervous and can't sleep if they don't hear from someone an avoidant person wouldn't they'd probably be the one you know ghosting and pulling apart you might feel like they've got the upper hand but they actually they lose in terms of they find it very hard to be vulnerable and form relationships so often if they go through a breakup if they have been with someone they'll then fantasize about their ex so what they call like the phantom ex for a long time because whilst they were really close to them they really would pick out any sort of flaw they had in their partner but when they were away from them when they felt safe because they were weren't too close they had the independence again they would then fantasize about people they also again like going into that they have very unrealistic expectations of people so like they they see this one pinnacle the one and by having that expectation it keeps them at a distance from people one thing to mention as well on the I feel like I'm whizzing through but one thing to be really wary of is often anxious and avoidant can be quite attracted to each other so I have definitely dated some avoidant men and I think that's why kind of my anxious side really came out and it's it's because often there's a lot of like up and down so you'd have like this intense closeness which the anxious person craves but then you'd have like this massive pull apart from the avoidant person and that that kind of can be kind of misconstrued into chemistry so if you're an anxious person and this is resonating with you now or an avoidant person 
being wary of that trap that you can get into where it's like pull away closeness pull away closeness which can feel quite addictive and can feel like chemistry be mindful that you'll be triggered further into kind of those insecure attachment styles by the relationships you're in and then we have securely attached and (laughs) they are those who are okay with intimacy they're happy to be intimate connected they feel safe in their relationships they're not very insecure they don't really play games they've got high self-worth high self-esteem they know that they're lovable I think that's a big one for a big difference between them and the anxious whereas anxious people trying to prove that they're lovable all of the time through their relationships securely attached know that they're lovable what's quite beautiful is like when there's like an anxious person with a securely attached person and an anxious person might get jealous or crazy about something aware an avoidant person would hate that they'd run a mile a secure person would probably work through it with them and try and like understand and be there because they value their relationship they don't understand the jealousy so much because they're secure but they'll work through it at the same time like with an avoidant if they're with a secure person this is something avoidance should work on if they're struggling to have deep conversations a secure person wouldn't suddenly go to an extreme of that they're not loved they would be like okay well like what's happening here so they can really tone down either of the insecure attachment styles I definitely think in my relationship now my boyfriend's securely attached and that's brought out a more secure side in me although he's kind of got some avoidant tendencies but (laughs) he could be perfect eh? but we have to be mindful of that because that can be kind of triggering how we deal with kind of conflict is I need lots of love and intimacy he needs lots of space and that can that can be quite a difficult thing to overcome but overall a securely attached person when they're with someone they're not worried that like they're never going to meet someone after this it has to be this person all the time they're okay with their independence they're just really like that level ground that kind of calmness <laughs> it must be nice to be so secure but I would say those are the three and I'm sorry I've I really run through them quickly obviously on my Instagram you can check out I've done some IGTVs if you're interested I love how you describe the different attachment styles and the differentiation between them and how they also work and in some areas don't work. I think yeah. also, as you mentioned with the secure attachment, I'd love to say that I was somebody <laughs> that was so secure <laughs> in that feeling. That would be ideal to be able to have that and, yeah. to, and to work towards that goal. And it's so true, like you mentioned, the different styles complement one another. And then maybe you do have that security. I think similar to yourself, my partner is definitely a secure attachment. There is no phasing him in certain situations. And I'm definitely the anxious um, attachment <laughs> one. And yeah. it works really well. He does sort of tone down the things that I'm feeling really overwhelmed about. And and if I feel like I'm thinking and feeling something, he welcomes me to, to address that. Whereas yeah. I've been in situations situations before with the avoidant where there is that gap we're not on the same page and I think it's so true about the chemistry part I think sometimes as well people feel like that perfect person is the avoidant because there's this weird chemistry that's going on between them but actually it's really not healthy and it's like you spoke about earlier it is actually really toxic so with those attachment styles I know we spoke about it slightly just then, but what are some things to avoid, but also some things to nurture with those styles? There's that sort of red flag element. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's really important. I really don't like to 
brush everyone with like the same stick. So I feel like we all live on a spectrum when it comes to these things. And the relationships you're in will bring out different parts of you. So when I was with avoidant men, I would definitely say I would be like sleepless nights waiting for a text back. When I'm now in a secure relationship, I'm a lot more secure. If I don't hear from him for a while, if he's out with his friends, doesn't bother me. So being really mindful that we are all on a spectrum. And of course, like all things in life, it is possible to change where you sit as well, not even just through the relationships you have, but also through the beliefs you hold. So if you become aware that you have anxious tendencies and you know you believe that you know you, you get very scared of like love leaving you and you're aware that that's how you feel then you can work through that you could use maybe affirmations to know that you're worthy that you're lovable that you're safe all those things that you're kind of looking for for someone else to give you can give you yourself when it comes to red flags for that I, I really think if you're someone who's sitting here now listening and you're thinking oh I think I'm kind of anxious and um, I'm resonating with that really be mindful of who you're going after if you're going after emotionally unavailable guys that will trigger you that will make you feel worse also being open and being open with your communication so hard so scary I know because you risk rejection but in the long run if you can kind of train yourself to be better at being honest with your feelings and being open and and that also that training comes not only from practice but also by setting the foundations for yourself that you're safe inside that internal home if you can do that you really will weed out some of the people who aren't going to be right for you so it's I'm not saying first date you go all in like you know I'm saying like if you've been seeing someone for a long time and they're pulling away from you and then they're coming back and they're pulling away from you and then they're coming back and it's triggering your anxiety being brave enough to say what you want will heal that for you that will change that so and the same with an avoidant like if you're listening to this and and you're thinking oh I really struggle to be vulnerable hate being closeness and you know that start with baby steps like start to train yourself to be able to open up maybe an amazing way to think about it as well is that if you can what they call like a secure role model so you can if you're either anxious or avoidant but you have one relationship as an say you're an avoidant and you're really bad at being vulnerable with romantically but then you're really good with your friends at being there and opening up use that model to prove to yourself you can do it and to to practice and, and see how you can replicate that more in your romantic relationships or say you're anxious and you have a friend who has great relationship she never worries what her partner's up to she she's super secure model yourself on that like how does she respond how does she behave what what does she think about herself so you can use people like and you can use other relationships you have to kind of work through your attachment style so nothing is stuck you're all on a spectrum and that's again I feel like we're just coming back into why your relationship with yourself is so so important because it's all of this awareness and it's just working on the beliefs about yourself they will just have such an impact on the relationships you choose as well like you said on the spectrum you can change that and so if there are two people that are in an anxious relationship together There are ways, like you said, you can learn from other people and you don't have to stick to that. You're not just that anxious attachment style and that's it. 
you can challenge that and really do go outside your comfort zone. And it's good that you mentioned about friends too, because I think sometimes when we look at relationships, we often think of that partner. Um, but actually with friends and family, you do have those attachment styles too and those those sort of triggers, which also yeah. is similar to the love languages, what's important to them, what matters to them and how do you balance that relationship mm. out? Pippa, from your experience, what are some love languages and, and work around that that people can do this Valentine's Day? Obviously, we've got the five love languages, the physical touch, acts of service, the words of affirmation, quality time and gifts. So if you know your love language is gifts or you think it is, buy yourself a present this Valentine's Day. If it's an act of service, clean your flat, clean your bedroom, do some work for yourself that's going to pay off later. If it's physical touch, you know, take a bath, moisturize your body, take care of yourself physically. If it words of affirmations, compliment yourself, maybe write yourself a love letter. Quality time, quality time. Yeah, take some time out to do something you really love. So if that's digging into a book. Yeah, so there's loads of ways you can use the love languages on yourself as well as with your partner. So I feel like I just wanted to mention that, especially for Valentine's Day. It's so important that you did, because I think people always think, what can I do for Valentine's Day? And it's so true. Tune into your love languages. What makes yeah. you happy that day? So it's so important to do that. And I think on the sort of notion of Valentine's Day, what special things are you doing with your partner? And also what are things that you think are some great tips for listeners that are thinking of lockdown Valentine's Days? <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm actually allowing my boyfriend to take control of Valentine's Day this year. So I, I think that it's really important that if you are in a relationship to bring novelty and to like you know still date each other because this person's obviously become like your colleague your roommate they've become like everything to you whilst living with them in lockdown so last weekend I did a date night made my <laughs> boyfriend I was like you have to go leave for like five hours like where am I supposed to go I'm like I don't know just go cycle somewhere <laughs> so that I could have the place to myself so get some time apart and plan like a nice dinner and stuff so this Valentine's Day he is planning but yeah I think the usual stuff so applies will yourselves maybe get like a new game to play maybe get some lingerie if you feel like spicing it up a little bit if you are in a relationship try try and make a bit of a deal out of it because it's so easy with every day kind of merging into being the same and locked down to like forget that romantic part of love and to forget the novelty and the excitement so use your creativity I'm sure there's plenty of ways I know that um there's loads of things uh, like loads of suggestions online I know because I've looked and then I was like oh which do I like the look of like a cocktail making class like but yeah I think make a little bit of a deal out of it if you're in a relationship make it special because we've got to like just try and make the most of some of these things that we've got going on you do want to you know keep the romance keep the passion and it is important to like kind of make these days special sometimes it is about keeping that fire burning really and yeah. I think that we've touched upon that um briefly is that keeping that fire burning is so important and and do you have any tips outside of Valentine's Day for relationships for that because it's so true they are becoming your colleague they are becoming so much more than just your partner through this because 
in some instances people are in quarantine just with them and their partner absolutely I know and we've done like a few like quarantine stints so I understand I really think my biggest piece of, of advice is to focus on yourself like I know that sounds kind of oh that doesn't make sense obviously focus on your partner I don't know about anyone else so if you're resonating with this Kirsty, let me know but recently we had a, a week where we weren't like 100% we had our ups and downs and we seemed to be like fighting a lot and then the week went by and you know it was because I was tired I I was stressed about something you know Marcus didn't feel like he was being productive enough and it trickled into our relationship so so many of these things like if I if I get annoyed if I feel like I should have been doing something and I'm not doing it I'll get annoyed at the other person and be like you stopped me when I no one stopped me so it really is a lot of like working on what you want and like working on just bringing the best version of yourself to the relationship so if you do want to spice it up like what are you doing to spice it up? How are you making yourself feel? Are you making yourself feel sexy? All of those sorts of things, they have to take priority. They have to start with you. If you want someone else to, you know, make you feel sexy, make yourself feel sexy first. And then you'll just, you'll just become a magnet to that. Or if you want someone to, you know, I don't know, be, be better at listening, like tune into yourself, listen to yourself. All of those things that you want the other person to do, do it for yourself. Same thing applies with if you're single. I really wanted to bring this in and you are looking for love. So I know we've spoken a lot about self-love and how you can just celebrate your relationship with yourself. But if you are looking for love and that's completely normal, that's completely natural, that's completely fine. Making sure it's not coming from a place of lack, making sure it's coming from a place of like, I'm feeling great, I feel whole, I feel complete and I'd like to meet someone who's on the same wavelength. That's the healthy way to do it. That's where you'll have an amazing relationship but whatever you want from the relationship so if you want your relationship to feel like home if you want your relationship to give you companionship if you want your relationship to give you adventure whatever you want from the relationship start doing more of it for yourself now so that's advice for whether you're in a relationship or you're looking for love if you are looking for love because you want someone to make you feel whole that right there is you need to make yourself feel whole first and that's what you'll attract yeah in terms of this doesn't resonate with you with me a hundred percent I think <laughs> it's so true you sort of you have those moments of clashing and it's like it's your fault for this and actually it's like no it's how I'm feeling and I hundred percent agree with that and I think when it comes to finding that relationship it's really interesting that you mentioned and I know that we've spoken about before in terms of is that sort of healthy relationship are you just settling because you want to find that relationship and rushing into that and feeling that 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 relationship or that partner makes you whole I find it I I find that it's more often than not friends of mine that um, are looking for that partner they feel like that that other half is is what's needed for them to be fully happy yeah do you have any advice on that because I think that I know you mentioned a part part of um that is focusing on yourself how do you challenge that belief of that partner or that relationship I need to be in in order to feel um 100% happy yeah so first of all I hate when people call them the other half because no one is a half you are a whole a whole entirely and being a whole person that is what you will attract so if that is what you want to create in your life but you are feeling like you need a relationship to complete you you are not going to be calling in 
the relationships that are going to be the best like that's why all of my work with the women I work with centers around their relationship with themselves building their self-worth because I don't want you to have any old relationship I want you to have an incredible relationship where two whole people come together and love each other not because they need each other but because they they love each other and obviously as time goes on you you do um become dependent on each other and that's healthy that's natural but to come together for the sake of someone to making you feel a certain way that's where I think there's a red flag and I would say what what do you want that other person to give you because whatever it is that you want them to give you that's where you need to work on giving yourself more of that I always think it sounds really (laughs) weird even when I say it myself like the other half because it's like you are two whole people it's (laughs) not just half of you merged into one person and it's like the better half no it's not the better half you're just as amazing too it's so annoying (laughs) exactly I'm always like news flash there's no such thing as your other half (laughs) (laughs) yeah you You should definitely do that yeah it's so true there's two more things I'd love to ask you about one of which is that bringing it back to family so and and friends I think so often when we think of relationships like we mentioned it's seen as your your partner as opposed to your friends or it could be your family so they're often neglected in that feeling of I need to find that partner it's like where does your family and friends sit in that if you're focusing so much on building that relationship with who that person may be there's also time to focus on those relationships that are just as important and there's always that ethos of your friends will always be there regardless of who comes and goes in your life and similar well 100% your family (laughs) I hope so with my my (laughs) mum and sister have to be very patient with me what are some things that they can focus on this month with the month of love with those relationships as opposed to um, a romantic relationship I think that valentines shouldn't be gotten rid of shouldn't be like abandoned I think it should just be reframed as a day to celebrate all of the love in your life so all of the relationships in your life your friendships your family yes your romantic partner but your pet yourself like all these things that you love like that's what it should be it should just be a celebration of love in general and love comes in so many different forms and what I often see is that we put this romantic relationship as this pinnacle of like that is the the one like that you like that's the most important one and then and then it trickles down and I I think you can have and it's making me think of that uh, Dolly Alderton book where she decides like her soulmates are actually her friends but I think you can have I think any healthy relationship they have friends, they prioritize their friends. I think it's healthy to have people that you go to for different things. Like I will go to like my boyfriend for most things. There's some things that I just want to talk to my sister or my mom or my friends about. I think it's really important that when you get in a relationship and we're all guilty of this in the honeymoon period, sometimes being whisked away and forgetting about those other relationships. But this is why it's so important to become whole because when you're whole and you're, you know, you're prioritizing your family, you're prioritizing your friends, you'll meet someone who does the same. And yes, you have an amazing relationship, but it won't neglect any of the other relationships that you have, which are also so, so important. All I want right now is for the world to open up so I can go on a girl's holiday. <laughs> like I need that. And, and that's just something that I, I really, really miss throughout lockdown is my friends. And, and I think whilst we're just on this topic is that like 
when it comes to if you're in a relationship and an attraction and keeping the spark going and stuff one of the things I get most of my confidence from is getting dressed up and going out with the girls and having a laugh and having fun I think that makes me more attractive more exciting more desirable person and you've kind of lost that a little bit in lockdown and, and you don't see when you go out with your partner and their friends they're having a big laugh together and and you know that's quite attractive to see and we have lost that so all of these relationships are so important and this valentine's day i think we should be celebrating all of these relationships honestly my only valentine's until my current boyfriend my only valentine's my parents and if i don't get a card for my parents this year i'm going to be devastated <laughs> just because i've got a boyfriend i still need like my parents so all of these relationships should be celebrated. So if Pippa's parents are listening, please send a card. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case. I'm going to be really Get upset. That out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was the same, actually. My mum and dad used to always from a very young age, I'd always get a card and they would be so sweet. They would actually post it and it'd be like, secret admirer and I was like I obviously know this is my mum and dad and then as I got older they obviously put mum and dad because they just were so sweet because my they would give obviously a valentine's day card to each other and they would do the same for my sister and I and I always really grateful for that and my mum still does that and it's so sweet and also when you mentioned about the um the love comes in lots of different forms and pets oh my gosh I'm obsessed with my dog my I have so much love for my dog (laughs) this is what I mean it's all love should be celebrated and animals are just a big bundle of joy so yeah don't neglect the pets this valentine's day get them a treat too (laughs) yeah (laughs) you take one one thing away from (laughs) today (laughs) exactly one thing today don't forget the animals as well as the humans through valentine's day the one thing I'd love to have as a passing gift is talk through what May Coaching is going to be talking about for Valentine's because I know there's a lot up your sleeve when it comes to this special month of love. I think as always the best way to place to find me is on Instagram at May M-A-Y underscore coaching on the 13th of February I will be hosting a free masterclass called Retrain Your Brain for Love and we are going to be talking about all of the things you've spoken about today, we're going to talk, be talking about the relationship with yourself, but we're also going to get all of those people who are feeling a bit low, feeling a bit blah about their love life, feeling super positive and excited because it is possible. The relationship you want is 100% possible. So I will be hyping everyone up, but also completely focusing on themselves. And then I will also be, I think, I don't know, I haven't announced this yet, but I will be launching my group program So as of Valentine's Day, you can book a discovery call slot with me. There will be limited spaces and it will be beginning the 1st of March. So that's kind of the big news. It's going to be all of that. I'm going to help you build up your world and I'm going to help you attract long lasting true love. That sounds amazing, Pippa. And I think that the both options, I think anybody listening, you'd be crazy to miss it. Pippa's been doing lots of workshops and it's been really interesting to see as well in terms of the IGTV as well. So not just signing up to the workshops, give Pippa a follow, May underscore coaching, because all of the things that we've talked about today, Pippa goes through. But thank you so much, Pippa, for joining me. And I hope you have an amazing Valentine's Day. And I'm looking forward to hearing what Marcus cooks for you and does for you that day. (laughs) And I hope anybody listening has a lovely day of love.
Yes, me too. Thank you so much for having me, Kirsty, and sending everyone lots of love this Valentine's Day. Thank you for listening to this week's Tea and Toast podcast. If you want to share any feedback or ask any questions, don't forget to follow, like and share via Instagram at Tea and Toast the podcast. And don't forget to subscribe.